Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan continues our series, Renew Hope, with a sermon titled, Where Do I Belong? Scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 12-27, and is read by Lynn Drennan. Our reading today is from 1 Corinthians. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, Where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater honor. Our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So we started a new series last week along with the pledge campaign called uh, Renew Hope. And how are we renewing new hope together in this next year with a new pastor and new energy uh, for this church and how we can make a difference in our community? And then also in our own personal lives, how do we renew our own hope? And last week, the question we covered was, who am I? Because if you rediscover who you are, who God has called you to be, that can help renew your hope. We talked about how the way we think about God is very intimately linked to how we think about ourselves and others. This week, the question is, where do I belong? Because we all, as humans, are looking for belonging somewhere, uh, to be part of a community, to call a certain group of people our tribe, our family. And so, where do you belong will be the question we're asking throughout today. I was listening to a 
uh, podcast the other day. It was a comedy podcast, and they have a segment where people can call in with, to get advice, right? They'll tell them their problem, and they'll get advice from them, whether it's funny or serious. It kind of, uh, it's a broad spectrum. But this one caught, caught me for a second because uh, the situation itself was a little bit uh, weird and uh, funny, but then there was this real human moment in it. This person called in to ask, how can I fit in better at work? I just started this new job at this warehouse, but all these other men that I work with do this weird thing where they bark at each other. Okay? <laughs> I don't know. I, it wasn't explained really, but um, and so the the guy was talking about. I, I need to know how to fit in with this. Is it just a? Is it something I can do or not? And then he reveals, I have autism, and so then he's like, I can't. It, he can't already read basic social cues for a lot of times, and having somebody bark at him. I mean, I would be alarmed myself, right? <clears throat> And so he's asking, you know, how can I fit in? Because he knows, and he says, I know the people that fit in the most are the ones that can make their way up in the company, right? So he already knows you have to fit in to be able to get a promotion and go further. So he's asking them, how can I fit in? And we ask this a lot, right? Where in youth ministry, I've seen it with a lot of different kids. You can kind of sit back and watch Some kids that don't feel like they belong or fit in, and then they try to fit in by mimicking what somebody else has been doing that is popular. But the problem with that is what? When that kid does it, it's not cool, right? So we all do these things to try and fit in. We want people that we can rely on, people to be our friends, that we can trust, but most often than not, when we ask the question, how, how do I fit in, we're, askly, we're actually asking the question, where do I belong? How can I belong? There's a difference between the two, um, <clears throat> that, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's explore how the Corinthians uh, in the scripture today, it was all about the body of Christ, but why was that in that certain place? So the book of Corinthians is all about the divisions within the Corinthian church, uh, that some people are being left out. Uh, you're trying to figure out how to fit in. They have different uh, teachers and leaders that different parts of the church are loyal to. Um, they kind of, back then, they kind of made their, their leaders kind of like celebrities, and uh, you'd fight uh, each other about who was right and who was wrong. Not much has changed since then, right? We still do that today. Uh, no matter if it's a political leader, a, a pastor, things like that, we always try to make uh, our person that we follow the end-all, be-all. <clears throat> and so the Corinthian church was kind of marked by this and the divisions and, and the growing divide between each other. And Paul is calling them out for the ways that we all do this in our own lives too, where we, try, we do things to divide uh, from one another. And we want just the people that who are like us to fit in with us, and who aren't, they're now the other. With all these divisions, there was fighting because they all wanted uh, each other to conform to their teacher and their beliefs. And some of these teachers were actually teachers that were helping Paul plant these churches. And so 
<clears throat> some people are like, we have to follow Paul and listen to Paul only. Other people are like, Apollos, we need to follow him as he has the real truth for us. So Paul comes up with this brilliant illustration to show how all of it fits because it's united in the body of Christ. A lot of times we can read the Bible and we feel like it's outdated or irrelevant or doesn't have things that really connect with us today. But something like this is timeless. Something like this is also revolutionary at the time because Paul is telling the church that no matter what teacher it is, if it's truth, it's God's truth. And so we should all be united around that truth. Not the teachers themselves, but the truth of Christ. And we're all part of that body, and we all have different ways of expressing it, of teaching it, of learning it, and it all belongs. That's a very broad, diverse, and inclusive message that that Paul gives to the church in Corinth. Corinth. So let's highlight the distinction between fitting in and belonging. So fitting in often requires uh, conformity uh, and, you know, let's say, (laughs) let's say, let's use an example here. And uh, I worked really hard on these graphics, probably too hard. (laughs) But let's say, let's just say there's somebody who is a Packers fan in Broncos country, all right? Now, Instead of asking the question, how do I belong, and you're asking the question, how do I fit in, you know, you're going to do, you're going to assess the situation and become who you need to be in order to be accepted, right? You're going to change yourself in order to be accepted by others. So then, you know, you just kind of throw that stuff in the garbage can and you join them uh, with the Broncos uh, jerseys and stuff. Oh, thank you, EJ. Um... And <laughs> so, <clears throat> so you, you get the picture, right? Uh, that we got to change ourselves in order to fit in. Now, belonging is, it doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. That all is asked of you when you come to this place or, or to a group that we accept you for who you are. You don't have to be anything different. We celebrate you for who God has made you to be. You don't have to change that. So it looked more kind of like this. <laughs> I'm going to be, yeah. I'll be really sad if it flip-flops, but um, <laughs> actually today, like, we, I am going to the game, I'm really excited about that, and, um, but I'm just kind of, I'm saying my expectation's low, you know? <laughs> it's going to be more of who can score the lowest amount of points and still win, uh, seems like would be what's going to happen today. Uh, but this is true belonging, right? That, that doesn't matter what team you root for, but you also belong here because sports and teams also lends itself to just fitting in. It's not true belonging. Like, I can unite with other people because they're Packer fans as well, and that's the thing we share. But do I truly belong there? Not necessarily. You know, the person next to me who's a Packers fan, and we're uniting about that today at the game, celebrating whenever we pick off Russell Wilson or make him fumble. Uh, and, 
But yet, if we would have a deeper talk and maybe we get to a point where there's a conflict or we think differently, then it changes, right? Then it's, then it's conditional. So fitting in is conditional. Belonging is unconditional. And so belonging means that even if you're a Broncos fan, you're welcome here as well, right? <laughs> or a Packers fan. <clears throat> So this is why Paul talks about the interconnectedness of the body. He says that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, which shows the necessity of each part in the role it plays. The body can't say, I don't need you, I don't need you, because it all plays a certain part. Your hands can do what your eyes cannot. Your nose can do what your mouth cannot. And uh, this is a brilliant image that he gives the early church to help them understand that all people belong and they all could play a different role. But to crack the code of acceptance and belonging, uh, one of the most fundamental human psychological needs, right? We all want to belong somewhere. We all want to call a community our family, our home. Uh, but without belonging, the odds are good that you'll give up your own ideas. As a result, your fresh perspective and novel ideas are either deferred, and in the best cases, that's in the best cases, or extinguished in the worst. Because 61% of people will suppress the qualities that set them apart in order to fit in. So over half of us will set aside things that make us us in order to fit in somewhere. And I realize the reality of this is that uh, there's some powers beyond our control, right? Where you do have to set some things aside in order to fit in to your job, in order to make a living, to support your family, or, or in other cases. So our society and everything, the systems that we built are based upon that. And I understand it's hard. It's hard to do that in the whole of your life. But if we're talking about church and we're talking about, and Paul's talking to the church in Corinth, that this is a place where you practice belonging rather than fitting in. That it's a place where people can truly belong for who they are. For me, in my life, there's been many examples and times when I uh, felt like I had to fit in and then had experienced the true belonging. One of them is um, I've worked in a couple different churches and grew up in a couple different churches in my life. And a lot of churches where I experienced that you kind of have to fit into what that church is, right? And we all do that to a certain extent. I have to fit into what New Hope is because it's about the church, not you as a pastor. But in other churches, there's a dynamic of feeling like you had to toe a certain line, otherwise your job would be in danger or you wouldn't be as effective. And so you kind of had to suppress the certain parts of yourselves. And when I got to New Hope, it was kind of the first place where it felt like I had this freedom of being who I am and, and exploring who I wanted to be as a pastor. And so I found true belonging here, and that's not trying to puff up uh, new hope in an insincere way, but it's, it's, it's what I experienced in my life as a pastor, that this place has been really good for me in growing in who I am and who I want to be as a pastor in the future as well. Many of you could probably think of examples in your own life where you've had this, where you've had to fit in versus feeling like you truly belong. 
high school, middle school is the horrible place where everybody's just trying to fit in, right? It's, there isn't a lot of real belonging there. It's just fitting in. I just want to be liked. I don't want to be bullied. I don't want to be teased about things. So I need to do what I can in order either to be invisible or to fit in. A lot of you could probably think of those times in your lives where you've felt the tension between the two of belonging and fitting in. So Paul uses this analogy of the human body. And to illustrate the diversity of the Christian community, and just as the body has many parts, the body of Christ is made up of various members, each with a unique role. And so he's showing them where they were dividing amongst things. He's saying, no, this all belongs in the body of Christ. This is a lesson the church still hasn't broadly learned, right? As we can see of all the different denominations and traditions that have broken off from one another, if you ever show a, a family tree of the church, it is massive and it goes everywhere, right? Because we'll break, we'll, we'll divide a church over our idea of baptism. Baptism was a big one that divided a lot of different traditions and churches, right? The table is also one that has divided the churches, Uh, and split off from one another. Theological reasons, worship reasons. Uh, The tradition I came from, Reformed Church of America had uh, broken off from, or the Christian Reformed Church, I think, broke off from the RCA at one point, and it was over that um, they wanted to continue to sing the Psalms, and that the CRC people didn't believe you could be part of the Freemasons and be part of a church. We split over the kind of the silliest things, right? But we can look back and say it's silly, but at the time it was everything. And I'm sure we'll do that in the future as well. We'll look back on things and be like, well, that was silly, but it is intense in its moment. But the diversity of the body of Christ is intentional and crucial because this means it goes beyond just fitting in. To be in the body of Christ means that you belong and you have a purpose. It's not just just fit in over here, you're going to be just like us. But it's true belonging that who you are and who God has created you to be plays a role here. I think of uh, the history of Christianity and we've been good at certain things and not so good at other things. But one of the things at the beginning of the church with Paul and and all the other epistles that we have in Scripture, it shows that Paul continues to try and make this this, uh, door into this faith wider and wider, while the people are continuing to try and keep it narrow and narrower. Uh, Gentiles was the big thing, because some people thought it was only for the Jews. Christ was only for the Jewish people. He said, no, the Gentiles are also included in this. Which is, we can say now, like, yeah, we've heard that before, but it was revolutionary at the time, too, because Gentiles meant anybody that wasn't of the Jewish faith. So everyone else was included as well. As you can imagine, that kind of ruffled feathers of certain people. But they didn't want that to be. They wanted it to be the people that they knew and could trust and felt like were on their side. Um, throughout the history of the church, there's been different things that we've been more open to than others. 
the church has a tremendous history of, of helping people. The Red Cross was start, started by uh, people of faith, different things like that to help others no matter who they are. But then when it came to our churches and our traditions, we tend to make it narrower and narrower. Um, I'm going to kind of switch some of these slides around here a second. So this is how I see it from the early church. Paul is trying to open it up. But as history goes on, we continue to try and make it more and more narrow that only certain people we like and who are like us can be within our community of faith. And if you look back, if you, if you trace all of our family trees of churches, Presbyterians, we mostly come from Scotland, the Scottish uh, heritage, where I grew up in the Reformed Church, Dutch heritage. So it's even based on uh, the place and, and geography of where your people came from. And so we even divide amongst that. So what does it take to... Um, what does it take to get to a point where people feel like they belong? Well, studies have shown there needs to be 30% of nonconformists in a group before the other label is dropped. Anything below 30%, those people are considered the others. They're kind of weird. We put, we put different labels like that on them, weird or um, radical or things like that. But in order for that to drop that those labels be dropped, 30% of a group has to consist of people who aren't just fitting in. And then there's true belonging after that. What would it take for the church to be a place that we don't even have to hit 30%, but we just have one or two people in a group, they truly belong? That's hard work. It's hard work to do that. It's hard work to be a community with many different diverse opinions and views, but it's all within the body of Christ. It's what we're called to. That's what Christ is showing us, that we're all part of the same body. We all have different functions. We all relate to different people that can help us to create love and compassion and openness in the world in those different communities. Uh, but we, when we come in here, when we're here together, we're part of this body that is vastly different from one another. But are unite, we are uniting through Christ and in Christ. So we have to build a, a culture and a church of love and acceptance and caring for one another. And I think New Hope does that well already. There's always room for improvement because as for many of us who have felt like we belong here and this is a great place, there have been other people too that have felt like it wasn't that maybe felt like nobody talked to them and they came here for many months, or others that just felt like it just didn't fit. So how can we be a place that continues to nurture ourselves, to be a place where people are welcomed here for who they are because that what, that's what Christ is calling us to. So, <clears throat> as we think about the history of Christianity, the history of the church, and there's lots of different ways that the church has been very open, inclusive, and other ways that's been exclusive. But I really think the, the vision and future of the church is going to look more like this. And I think there's a reason for that. Uh, because we have kind of tried to narrow things over time of like, 
Well, you have to do profession of faith. You have to be baptized first and foremost. Then you have to do profession of faith. Then you can join us in communion. And you have to do this or that. And, but now the institutional stuff is starting to fall apart because people don't trust the institutions anymore. So the future of the church is going to look more like a place that people belong here first and foremost, no matter who they are. And if we're honest with ourselves, churches are a place where people kind of have to fit in. For a long time, it had to do with dress code, right? It had to do with dress code. You had to wear the proper clothes to church. And if you've ever been in a church that is very more uh, traditional in that sense, and somebody walks in with a Broncos jersey on uh, and jeans, you know, there's, there's looks that happen. I mean, not just because it's a Broncos jersey, but... Um... <laughs> oh, just know if, if the Packers lose today, I, I'll feel so guilty. Uh... And sad for myself. Um, (laughs) But truly, truly having a place where they belong. I even envision a church where people who don't even have a faith, who maybe say they're agnostic, still belong. Because what is this place if we're not discipling people from one place to another? If we have to require people to have faith to walk through those doors then we're asking them to do some work that maybe they can't do on their own. And so a place where people are welcome to be here, to participate in this life together, that are still part of the body of Christ, but may may not even know it yet. That church is going to be the place where everyone belongs, and it's going to be the place where the rest of our society can look and say, what are they doing over there? What are they doing that's working? Because they have all these people who are very different from each other, but they still get along with one another. Especially if we keep going down this path of of division and polarizing from one another. This will be a special place that will continue to open up more and more. Everything within our history shows that God continues to show us the vast openness and boundless love that God has for this world. We are the ones that continue to try and make it narrower. God has already done this through Christ. It's already been done. God is patiently guiding us forward so that we continue to open our hearts more and more. I I kind of joked with a pastor friend this week. We were talking kind of about this idea And the many ways in which the church has split and has been upset with each other and there's been fights, it has been over who do we include in our group. So then we kind of dreamed about what's going to be in the future? What's going to be the hot topic for the church in the future? So the past, what, 50 years has probably been around marriage and sexuality. What if in 100 years it starts to be about, let's say if, Robotics and AI continues to advance the way it is. What if there's... Okay, just humor me here, okay? (laughs) What if all of a sudden there's cyborgs? You know, half human, half robots. What if there's AI that's sentient that we have created? Now these are our creations. Do they belong? Eventually it's going to come to that question as well. Do they belong in the church and can they participate in the body of Christ 
as well. I know that sounds very sci-fi and futuristic, but there's going to be things that we never even thought about that's going to pop up and the church is going to have to deal with. But it fits into that. Is it going to continue to do this, or are we going to continue to make it smaller and smaller? That's what Paul is challenging the church in Corinth in our scripture today, and that's the challenge I have for us to renew our hope, how we can continue to be a place that fosters belonging, true belonging, where people feel like this is their home, that they can make a difference here, and that they can do that by being who they are, and they don't have to set any of that aside. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.